And in this, the first of our interview series, we talk to Nicholas Kyrinos, founder of Sophos AI, a company building next-gen edtech solutions. We talk about the past, present, and future of AI and the role that HR can play. I'm John Kennard, and this is Unleashcast. Let's dive in. A bit of your background about you. You've been involved, I read from uh, Sophos' website, that you've been involved in AI for four decades. I have. So, yeah, th- that seems like a long time. So what what's changed in that time? That's a, re- that's a, a, a seriously long time to be in, involved in artificial intelligence. And I guess a lot of people might not realise that it's, it's a technology that's been around for so long. So what's changed in your experience? Uh, a lot has changed. So first of all, thanks for having me, John. Um, I got started in AI as a, as a kid, really. I started programming at the age of 11 and uh, became enamored with this concept of AI and robotics and sort of uh, taught myself everything and anything I could, experimenting and, and developing basic AI applications over the years. Um, obviously, with the various AI winters, uh, for large parts of it, it was just a hobby, right? But I was doing my own research, playing around. And seriously, over the last five, six years, you know, I've built a, a number of businesses around AI. So what has changed is, uh, I think what hasn't changed is a lot of the false expectations, right? Unrealistic expectations, often hyped by the media. And that's what caused the AI winters and the, the lack of funding and development back at the time, because you'd, you'd see some amazing things happening and then those would get hyped up to, okay, well, if we could do that, then you know, we just project linearly and all these other amazing human-like things would be able to be done by machines. And when that didn't materialize, people lost interest. But you know, the, the, the diehard researchers and practitioners like myself just kept on prodding. And what's happened um, is largely thanks to, to Jeff Hinton and his colleagues in that the genesis of machine learning and deep learning, essentially, which is I call both a blessing and a curse. It's, it's amazing in that it, it gives us a lot of phenomenal technology, but it's, it's a curse in that it's become the total focus of most people in AI. They, they've forgotten a lot about a lot of the, the good old fashioned AI that has its roots in symbolic AI and that considers things like logic and inputs and output, outputs that humans can read and understand and the sort of grounded AI, which would have taken longer to get us to where we need to get to, but there are limitations with, with deep learning, right? Um, there's a lot of hype as to what it can do. I mean, uh, Jeffrey Hinton and others say that it'll be able to do everything eventually. I don't buy that because, you know, things are not probabilistic and statistical. Uh, not everything is completely mathematical. You know, you, you, it ignores semantics and logic and, and reason and consciousness and all these things that are, are truly human traits and, and make us intelligent. So uh, I could go on and on about all the things that have changed. But what I've started to see happen now, and it, it's something that we do a lot of, is starting to merge the sort of neuro, neural network probabilistic approaches that you see um, and the original uh, form of AI, symbolic AI, and kind of merge those two together into the best of both and, and, and having sort of them work together to achieve something that is akin to 
artificial general intelligence, which is the Holy Grail, uh, which we may or may not see in our lifetime, but it's a long, it's a long way out, right? It seems to me, I mean, like you say about the AI winters and false dawns and that kind of thing, it's been something that has certainly been in the background for a while. It's becoming more and more prominent for obvious reasons. There are more opportunities to to leverage the technology. It seems to me that it's crystallizing for a lot of people now and more and more businesses are adopting it in different ways as the technology diverges and is, is applied in more different directions. In terms of HR technology, how, how do you think AI can help HR systems, um, HR technology and, and other aspects of that world? In many, many ways. I mean, you're, you're seeing a lot of applications come up, right? So from the recruitment process uh, alone, um, you know, I mean, we're a small company and when, when we run a job ad, we are inundated with applications, right? So it's not too difficult to use some very basic AI to do a lot of the pre-screening and filtering and, and even uh, ask questions and do some of the pre-interview processes, which will save us a tremendous amount of time and help us sort of identify traits in new applicants that sort of match the traits and attributes of our most successful employees, right? So uh, do more of what works. Um, what I don't want to see happening, and, and uh, I see companies talking about it, is having the AI have the, the ultimate decision, right? It should be a tool that we use to help crunch the numbers and sort of filter out bad, obviously bad matches, but based on non-biased criteria. Um, that, that's a big area. Um, obviously, in our world, which is, is related to HR, which is learning and development uh, in the corporate setting, uh, AI is going to play a massive role there. There is... So one of the biggest problems we're out to solve is this idea that information is flowing faster than ever in history, right? It's, it used to be, you know, 100 years ago that you could spend a decade researching something, spend another five years, you know, writing a textbook, getting it peer-reviewed, published, and then sort of starting to teach it to your students over a 20-year gap. You can't do that today because by the time you publish anything, much of it is obsolete, you know, because there's this new flow of knowledge coming our way. And uh, to make matters even more complex is a lot of the knowledge is, is not factual. It's, it's not uh, scientifically reviewed and checked and validated. <clears throat> so you've got to filter out the noise. You've got to filter out the misinformation, the disinformation. Um, so uh, that that's a massive area is, is taking all this new knowledge and making it available real time to employees. So whether I'm a researcher working in a lab, whether I am an accountant or what number, it doesn't make a difference what role I play in the company. If I have information at my fingertips without having to have total recall and perhaps even not even knowing what I need to be asking. In other words, it starts connecting the dots for me saying, well, you're looking at this, this, and this, there's a, a whole big missing piece you haven't looked at here. So I suggest you, you, you sort of uh, go learn this adjacent knowledge because it's going to enable you to, to do your job better. So giving employees knowledge when they need it um, on the fly and then improving training is an area that I'm super excited about and one that we've devoted uh, four years to now, and, and we're just be beginning to release products that, um, that sort of talk to that and, 
allow employees as well as students and consumers to 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 learn better and be more effective you mentioned uh, misinformation and disinformation there mm. uh do you think that now people are kind of a little bit more generally a little bit more comfortable with the idea of ai because there's there's the taking our jobs idea and and all of that but do you think as it's been adapted adopted and adapted more we're seeing a general kind of positive more of a positive view about ai and how it can help people that's where i'm coming from that's what i seem to think that people do but people are the view of people but it's obviously there's a lot of possible skeptics but is that number getting smaller do you think if people are skeptical about ai it's a big number but it is getting smaller it is it is reducing and what we do next will determine to what extent it reduces you know again my, you know my whole philosophy to ai is that it should guide and, and give us options but never make decisions that have you know big implications but an interesting point around that though john is you know a few years ago uh, every time I speak at an event or I'm on stage on a panel, inevitably somebody will, will ask the question about AI taking our jobs, right? We, at the moment, it is very difficult to find people because, you know, you've got the mass resignation. The new generation just does not really want to work the way we used to work, you know, and the way we do work. So there's going to be a massive shortage of labor, and therefore, it's now flipped around. It's not, uh, uh, is the AI going to take our jobs? It's now, we better get our stuff together really quickly and get the AI up to speed because we're going to need it to fill in the jobs that nobody wants to do anymore, right? So it's actually become an imperative. It's become not a fear that people should have. It, it, it's, we should fear that it doesn't develop fast enough to actually fill in those gaps because that's a real, real problem. Yeah, um, <clears throat> certainly the Great Resignation, I don't think is how I predicted or many other people predicted uh, would happen from the uh, outcome of the pandemic. But obviously, people uh, are moving, leaving jobs, going to full, going to pursue their own projects for whatever reason, uh, unacceptable working conditions, etc. But do you think AI has got a place in? I guess the the idea of work from anywhere is my last question because that's going to be a big uh, positive part of the future of work. I think is is the idea of a geographically dispersed workforce, um, the need for really good virtual uh, working conditions and, and video platforms, etc. So, do you, where do you think AI is going to play into that? Because I I think it's got to play a huge part in yeah. um, the future of work and what comes after the Great Resignation. Absolutely. Um, it's it's going to happen. And I think there's a massive opportunity for entrepreneurs and companies like ours that are, are in the space. Uh, first of all, uh, th there's a lot of disconnects that happen, right? There's even in this conversation. I mean, if you and I were sitting across the table from each other, there'd, there'd be a, a stronger connection. We'd be feeding more off each other. Magic happens when you put people in a room. It, we, we just see it again and again. It, it's I, mean, I don't have scientific data to back that up, but anecdotally, it's super clear. AI needs to be developed, and it's not just AI, it's all the related converging technologies, so virtual reality um, and so on and so forth, and even knowledge management systems. Um, like, so if, if you and I were colleagues having this conversation, 
you and I are the only ones benefiting at this point in time, but the AI could be listening to the conversation, automatically updating a knowledge management system, um, and then disseminating that information to whomever else in the organization or in, in the stakeholder network needs to hear it, right? So it needs to, to enter the knowledge base and be taught across the board. Better video platforms for sure, uh, 3D, virtual reality, things like that need to happen. I mean, the, there's a lot of hype around the metaverse. I'd very much like to see that applied within the, the learning and, and corporate environment as well. So, because people do want to work remotely. And not only that, like in our industry, it's so hard to find people with the skills that we need to do what we're doing. Because as a deep, deep tech company, you know, there's maybe half a dozen people at any point that can do a specific thing. You know, we, the idea of having them all in one place just doesn't make sense. We don't care where you situate it as long as you can do the job. So a lot of new technologies are, are coming that will enable that and improve on that. So w- w- watch the space. There's, there's a lot coming. Cool. Well, Nicholas, thanks ever so much uh, for talking to us. So much opportunity here, I think. Yeah, great to talk to you. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, John.